welcome to the Photography Q&A podcast. Hey, how's it going? I'm Andy Jones and this is episode 15 of the Photography Q&A podcast. This week's question is, how should you prepare your images for printing? Well, I sort of made this question up myself because during the week, Paul on Facebook asked, why is my image resolution too low for printing? He had it at a print lab and he was trying to get a certain size of print done and they wouldn't let him print it. Well, an error message came up saying it's too low a resolution. So I got into it and I thought, well, better cover everything then. So here you go. So just to relate to the original question, why is my image resolution too low? When you upload your images to an online lab, you need to meet their minimum size requirement. A lot of them don't tell you what it is. There's loads of these different restrictions across all the labs. We can't go into that because some of them have some silly ones. But what you really need to do, though, you need to supply them with the largest highest resolution file you can make with your camera and your software. So what can cause your images to be too small for printing? Overcropping is a big one. Cutting your photograph down too much during editing and trying to save an image by zooming in. Like say you take a picture of someone, a subject in a field and they're a little bit too far away for your, your zoom lens if you've got a zoom lens. Rather than walk closer, you just take the picture and think, I'll crop that later, I'll zoom in on them, and it'll be fine. Well, you're not actually zooming in. What you're actually doing is cutting off pieces of the photograph. So a 6,000 by 4,000 pixel photo can quickly become 1,200 by 943, I think it is, if you crop it down. If you crop off too much, it might look good on your computer screen. They can't stretch your image to the larger size that you want to order. Like if you wanted to order a 24 by 36 inch canvas, they would have to stretch it beyond the acceptable amount. All the little pixels in the image would start to look like little blocks and the end result would look awful. So they won't push it that far. They've got their limits. They know what they can do. Like for instance, like the original 6,000 by 4,000 pixel image works out in inches at 20 by 13 inches. And you could easily use that image, say, for a 24 by 36. They can stretch it that little bit because the pixels are not getting so big that it's out of hand and they're all getting pixelated and blocky. All right, next we'll cover the in-camera image sizes that can cause this very problem we just talked about. All of the digital cameras give you the option of saving your photos in large, medium or small sizes. Okay, so we'll use the Nikon D5300 as an example. It's a 24 megapixel camera, I think 24.2, 24.3 megapixels. Large images are 6,000 by 4,000, medium 4,496 by 3,000, and the small ones go down to a little under 3,000 by 2,000. The small image size, which is actually 20, well, 2,992 by 2,000, works out at 8.5 inches by 6.6. The large is 20 inches by 13. By not choosing to go with the largest possible image you can with your camera, you are limiting what you can do with that image. Now, you, you might have set it to medium or low. You go out, you take one of the best pictures you've ever taken, and you think, I'm going to get that blown up and put over the top of my fireplace. No, you're not. You might do a little cropping, and before you know it, you've got a limit on an 11 by 14 that you can get out of it. Maybe slightly bigger, but I'm exaggerating for 
to get the point over. You can really screw up by not having the correct settings in the camera. So always set your camera to the largest image. You're not saving anything. The memory cards are very cheap nowadays and you can have a pocket full of them. So you've always got to shoot the largest possible size that you can. Okay, next we'll cover cropping your images. When you're editing and you want to crop uh, your image down, remember not to crop too tight. Don't have your subject really close to the edge of your frame. It might not fit the aspect ratio of the size of print that you want to buy. For instance, a 5x7 has a different aspect ratio to that of an 8x10. The same rule applies when you're taking your photo. Don't crop too tight. Don't get right in someone's face and think it's really cool. I can see the nostril hairs. Don't do it. Even though you might like nostril hairs, don't do it. Like I said before, if you take the best picture you've ever taken and someone says, I want that over my fireplace in whatever size, and you have to crop the top of someone's head off or the side of the face, someone's face if you're doing a party of people, it's not a good thing. So just ease back a little bit. Give yourself room to manipulate the picture to fit all the aspect ratios of the print sizes that you can get done at the photo labs. So next we've got color profiles. You'll see them as uh, written down as ICC profiles. Not sure what it stands for because it doesn't really matter. Uh, there are two profiles that you need to consider at all times. And those are sRGB, RGB meaning red, green, blue. So we've got sRGB and this Adobe RGB in brackets 1998. The sRGB is the default of computers when you get them. And the Adobe RGB 1998, which I'm, I'm not going to stop saying 1998 because it's annoying me. So the Adobe RGB is popular with photographers and designers. I use Adobe RGB because I use Adobe Photoshop and it's suited to it. So most photographers use the Adobe version of the RGB. If you edit and save in Adobe RGB, get sick of saying RGB now as well. If you edit and save in the Adobe RGB, then set your camera up to the same profile. If you look in your settings, you can pick sRGB or Adobe RGB 1998. Do the same for both. So for a while when I first started, I remember I think I had the camera set to sRGB and then I was editing in Adobe and getting some odd results. But it's because you're changing profile. There's not that much difference in it, but you, you can screw things up. So I'm advising you to go with Adobe RGB in your camera and in your uh, editing software. You also want, at the same time as setting that up because it's in the same same little button, you also want to save in 8-bit, not 16-bit. A lot of guys use a file called TIFF, T-I-F-F, -F, and they'll be 16-bit, I think, and I think they go higher. And they do like for landscapes and things and they'll, they'll work it in 16-bit and then they'll get it printed in 8-bit because most uh, most photo labs revert to 8-bit when they print. So it's the industry standard 8-bit for printing anyway. Um, what else we got? Okay, if you want to know what you were using in Photoshop when you've got your image in there, in Photoshop all you got to do is click image, then go to the top one is mode. So your image, then mode. And a list will come down and you'll see RGB image. That needs to have a little tick next to it. And 8-bit channel. That should be selected as well. All right, now next we've got DPI or Adobe are now calling it PPI. And they're exactly the same thing. Dots per inch, pixels per inch. Exactly the same thing. It's just old-fashioned. We used to call them dots. It's stuck in my head. So from here on in, I'm going to call it dots per inch. But it also means pixels, so... 
So this is the number of pixels in each square inch of your image. See, I said I was going to do dots and I straight away went to pixels. All right, so the number of pixels that you get in a square inch of your image. So a lot of times you'll see 72. When you open a new image in Photoshop, it'll come up with 72 because most of the stuff you're doing there is for uh, work on the web. Now, 72 inches is fine if you're just putting it on the web or you're showing someone on a on your computer or phone or tab, whatever. It's always fine, 72. But the problem is you need to be at 300 for printed work. If you're not at 300, when the photo lab needs to stretch your image just a little bit to go that little size up, it still looks good. At 72, it gets blocky and pixelated extremely fast. And a lot of them, one of the, the requirements is it needs to be at least, I think, 240. I think is a cutoff for some of them. So just go with 300. When you're working on your pictures, stick to 300 dots per inch or pixels per inch. Next is a nasty one. I had trouble with this a few years ago. Monitor calibration. Calibrating your monitor so it shows the correct colors. You wouldn't think it'd be that important, but the first time you realize that it is important is when you get your prints back from the lab and the colors look off. The reds are sort of a pink everything doesn't look right that's because your computer's not showing you the right colors you've edited the image to make it look good on your screen but when it goes to the lab they print to the uh, adobe rgb profile you worked at the same profile so it should be the same but it's not because you saw what you saw on your screen isn't what is actually there it's not the right color so if it's really bad you really need to calibrate your monitor and you have these calibrators. Uh, there's one company called X-Rite. There's another called Data Color, and they do this Spider X Pro. Looks pretty cool. You hang it on the front over the front of your monitor, and it'll go through a system of checks, and it'll set a profile up for your monitor so that all your colors to the Adobe RGB 1998 profile are exactly right. The only problem is they start at around 190 bucks. I've seen some crazy ones like three, 400. Most graphic designers and top level photographers have one because you need one. Uh, I had a friend who had one. He was a graphic designer. He's now moved away from the area. I've not seen him and his wife for a while. I used to use his, but my prints seem to come out okay now. I'm using a different computer. Well, I'm actually using a, a laptop, a gaming laptop. It's really fast and the picture the colors look pretty good and the results i get back are okay it's not always the case though you get some good monitors high price monitors and they can be off just a little bit and it'll screw your photography up so if it's really affecting your final product in a big way i advise you to get one or find someone like i had that had one if you get an order in one of your first orders and it's going to cost you a few dollars quite a few dollars to get these printed and framed and put on a canvas before you put in your first order just use the same pictures that you, the images that you're going to use for the order, but get some cheap five by sevens or even better eight by tens. It's not going to cost you a lot. Spend 20, 25 bucks from the same processing lab that you are going to send to and see what they come back like. And you can mess around with your monitor's gamma settings and change them a little bit. You can change uh, different colors slightly and you can probably get them close to the images that came back that's the poor man's way which i've done in the past as well anyway so that's uh, monitor calibration next we've got sizing your images ready for printing now rather than upload all your photos to the processing lab and allow their software to resize and crop them it's not a good way to do it you've got to have control of everything yourself so 
before you upload any images, I want you to resize them. I know that Lightroom can do this, but what I do is I export all my images from all the images I'm going to use from Lightroom, and then I open them in Photoshop. And if I'm making, say, a, an 11 by 14 print of a certain picture, I will open a new file measured at 11 by 14 inches, 300 dots per inch, 8-bit, and just open that and it's empty. It's just a white background frame. I then click on my image that I'm going to use at that size and drag it over and then just frame it like that. You move the picture around so it's in the position you want it, flatten it, save it as the JPEG with a top quality JPEG and uh, give it a name and save it and then that is the image that you're going to send off. It's worked for me over the years. It's Yeah, it's a little bit slower than doing it straight through Lightroom but I have more control over it and I like it. So whichever software you use, just make sure that all your images that you are going to pay to get printed are sized already, 300 dots per inch, and are long and wide, not like 900 by 600. They've got to be like 4,000, 6,000, you know, they're a good size. And by doing it my way, you can do that easily. Anyway, so that's covered just about everything. All I can say really is once you start printing and getting your work back framed, and you're holding it in your hands, you've got it, just unpacked it, and you're holding it, and you look at it, and you think, whoa, this, that looks really good. It Nothing beats taking that round to your customer and hold, handing it out in front of you just to get the look on their face and their reaction. It really is priceless. It's a great way to do it rather than giving digital files, which I've bleated on a lot about in the past. Anyway, so that just about covers everything. We'll do, let's go through it again quickly. So you don't want to crop too tight. You want your... Images in camera to be the largest that they'll do, large JPEG or large RAW. You don't want to crop too much. You'll realize that once you start to try and get certain sizes printed, that because you cropped, yes, it looked good on the screen, you screwed it up. You've got to go back to the beginning. You can go back in Lightroom, you can click reset, and it will get you back to the original image, and you can probably do it all over again, but don't crop it too tight the second time. Next is your color profiles use Adobe RGB 1998 and do the same in your camera same setting in your camera dots per inch you need 300 you know what if it's just for the web yes 72 will work what I always do all my pictures are 300 and then I'll resize down if they're going to go on the web so just stick to 300 and don't don't get caught out next is your monitor calibration which can be expensive or can be cheap whichever way you go and making sure your images are the right size again Nothing to it. It's really easy once you know. Once you know and once you screwed up, you've got to screw up before you know how to do things properly. It really sinks in when you screw up. Just get out there and get started. All right, that's it for this week. If you want to leave me a message, you can go to speakpipe.com forward slash PQA and you can leave an audio message, which I really want one of them. If someone does that, I'll send you a cleaning kit. I'll buy a cleaning kit off Amazon and send it to you. You can go on the Facebook group uh, where this week's question came from and you can email me if you want anything. Just get in touch, ask a question and I'll answer it. No problems. All right, that's it for this week. Have a good one. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>